You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. What a day for the Braves organization and the fan base both on and off the field and a night that went better than anybody probably could have expected. As a result, this is going to be a special edition of the Hammer with a special guest later on in the episode. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button. Of course, again, you can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Sean Coleman, always a pleasure to be with you. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And it was an exciting day from the start. Now, obviously, that was because of less than ideal circumstances when it came to last night. Now, the Braves on the field were spectacular last night, a great bounce-back performance to win the first game of the series against Boston. But an unfortunate injury to Orlando Arcia led to him being put on the 10-day disa- day injured list. But that was one of a flurry of roster moves that the Braves made on Wednesday, a few of which were very exciting. Orlando Arcia was added to the 10-day I.L., Adam Duvall, with his season-ending surgery, he was shifted to the 60-day IL, and Mike Ford was actually, you know, recalled from the IL and then released. But the exciting news was, one, the arrival of Kirby Yates, the long-awaited arrival of Kirby Yates to the Braves' bullpen. Kirby Yates, who had been absolutely spectacular towards the end of last decade. He's been out for the past two seasons due to Tommy John's surgery, but he arrived in Atlanta, actually had a very good debut, pitched to one batter, got the out, got the job done, but he has now arrived to give the Braves' bullpen more depth. But perhaps the most exciting news of all, let's be honest, definitely the most exciting news of all, was the announcement that Vaughn Vaughn Grissom, the Braves' top hitting prospect, was brought to the majors. A bit of a surprising move, but once again, Alex Anthopoulos and his front office showing a willingness to be aggressive with young prospects that show the ability to quickly produce at different levels throughout the minor league system. Vaughn Grissom has probably been the you know best overall offensive performer in the Braves minor league system so far this year, a rise this year from him that is kind of similar to the rise that we saw from Spencer Strider on the pitching side of things last year. But with Ozzy Albee still a few weeks away, Orlando Arcia, you know, now on the injured list, the Braves really haven't been getting any type of production from their second base position for a while anyway and have still been winning. Why not take a chance on the offensive upside, see what you have with Grissom at the major league level. And so it was exciting to see the Braves once again be in a with one of their best young talents. And that, of course, brought us to Wednesday night's game. Vaughn Grissom getting the start 
in against Boston, and it didn't take long for him to truly show why his bat is so intriguing. A two-run home run to make the game 5-1. to one. Marcelo Zuna, who, who loves to play in Boston, he had already hit a three-run home run, and the Braves were able to give Kyle Wright a bit of a cushion with a three-run homer and a two-run homer, which would, of course, was Vaughn Grissom's first career hit, a two-run home run to make it 5-1. to one. Now, the Red Sox would come back. Tommy Pham hit a three-run homer off of Dylan Lee to make the score five to four, but then Eddie Rosario hit a double. Marcelo Zuna hit a sacrifice fly. Dansby Swanson later added an RBI single to allow the Braves to win eight to four. And a couple of other things before we get to Grissom is that Kyle Wright, who you know, as we discussed in yesterday's hammer, who definitely had ran into the issue of allowing you know a lot of home runs. Again, coming into tonight, last night's start, he'd allowed nine home runs over his past six games. And there was a bit of, you know, not necessarily, you know, concern, I guess, but it did seem as if he had a little bit less velocity tonight that he was working with than he had had in the previous season. Only five strikeouts across six innings pitch. But the good thing about Wright is this, 11 ground outs to no flyouts. That's the thing that stood out about Kyle Wright's performance is that there seemed to be a much better job from him of limiting hard contact, limiting the opposition's ability to be able to lift the ball, and the result was six innings pitch, only one earned one, only one walk, five strikeouts, and the big thing, no home runs allowed. We talked about Yates being able to get his first out as a Brave as well. But of course, the standout performance of the night was Vaughn Grissom. Now, I will say this. The Braves' offense in general... Did a very good job. 12 total hits tonight. Every member of the uh, of the lineup, all nine members of the Braves lineup last night, got a base hit, including five more from Acuna Jr., Swanson, and Riley at the top of the order. That's 13 total hits in two games for the top third of the Braves order. Again, we talk about the fact that the Braves really needed to improve their approach coming off last weekend into this series against Boston. They did exactly that. But of course, the story of the night. The two-run homer from Vaughn Grissom, the single, the stolen base, and then the run scored. Vaughn Grissom became the only became only the third major league player since 1901 to have at least two hits, two runs, two RBIs, a home run, and a stolen base in his major league debut. Only Burt Burt Campanaris and Lenny Dykstra are the only two others who have done that in their major league debut. So we want to talk about how spectacular Vaughn Grissom was in his debut. It's the fact that he put on a historical performance, something that has rarely been seen. And of course, it's exciting to know that if Grissom shows this much potential in his first game, what could he potentially do as time goes on? Because it does seem as if he's going to get featured plenty as the starting option at second base until Ozzie Albies returns. Well, to answer that question and a few more, I figured there was no one better than Battery Power's own Eric Cole to talk with us about what to expect from Vaughn Grissom and what it could mean not only from this year but beyond when it comes to, to the potential of what he could do during this audition. I'll be right back with Eric Cole talking about what to expect from Vaughn Grissom, not only in his first historic Major League game, but also moving forward as a potential source of offense that could help the Braves in multiple ways, even once Ozzy Albies return. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, exciting times are happening for the Braves and the Braves franchise, Braves fan base. Listen, I know that, you know, hey, we're not winning at the same clip that we did in June and July, but there are many exciting things going on. And typically, when exciting things go on, we love to give you multiple perspectives from the Braves podcast network or from the Battery Power podcast network. And that's why I'm glad to welcome Eric Cole. Eric, how are you doing with this? Hey, long time no talk to, man. Yeah, it's been, what, 30, 45 seconds, something like that, as we battle through technical issues and internet <laughs> connectivity problems. Uh, it's been, it's, and, and we got to talk last week, too. Like, this is kind of, uh, I mean, again, like, you know, like, we're going to have to make sure our wives don't get too upset with us, you know, for spending so much time together at this point. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun day, obviously. He gets, he, uh, you know, we get to see Von Grissom get called up to the big leagues, and it's been obviously a fun, you know, couple of weeks with all the transactions, too. A lot of fun stuff happening on the minor league side. Been a very busy few days, to be certain, but uh, I'm glad to come talk some baseball, particularly about our our boy Von Grissom here. Absolutely, and this is why we love getting to talk, why I enjoy talking with Eric in general, because typically when we're talking on a podcast, exciting things are happening, and of course, there, there may not be any better mind when it comes to the Braves fan base and overall covering the Braves than Eric when it comes to talking Braves prospects, and we'll get right to it. Von Grissom gets called up, a bit of a surprise maybe, Makes some sense, though, with how aggressive Alex Anthopoulos has been recently with prospects. But the thing about it is this. There's one consistent opinion of everybody that I've talked with, including you, Eric. Vaughn Grissom can flat out hit. Now, I, I know what that means in general. But the thing that I'll ask you is this. What are the specifics of that? Is it blossoming power? Is it consistency in making contact? You know, hitting to the whole field? Good on-base approach? All of the above? When someone tells you Vaughn Grissom flat out hits, what's the first thing that stands out when it comes to his overall approach at the plate? Well, it's definitely his ability just to put the ball in play. Uh, he doesn't strike out very much at all. And he has a good feel for what pitches that he can, like, put he, that he should be swinging at. Now, the problem that's been of late for him in the minor leagues is he hasn't walked all that much. And he has, it's very similar to kind of what we've seen from Michael Harris. It's that, I mean, Obviously, Michael Harris' case, he's striking out significantly more than that. 
but he puts he, he really does put the ball in play quite a bit, and he doesn't necessarily take as many walks of late. I think he only had four walks for the month of July, and he hadn't walked in the month of August. Uh, at least this was as, as of a couple days ago. So, you know, you, you'd like to see him, you know, draw a few more walks here and there. So I don't know if I'd call him the most disciplined hitter per se, but again, his time at Rome, he was drawing walks. He was getting on base at a good clip. He, he constantly is on base. It's just a lot of times it's, it's, it's not necessarily via a walk, but he puts the ball in play. He can hit the ball the other way. He does have power, but that is one thing that we have kind of harped on at times with him is that it doesn't always play in games. And a lot of times it's ground balls that sneak through and he, he look, he has good awareness on the base pass. He'll take extra bases. He'll steal some bases. Uh, he fits right in, in, in that regard. Uh, but in terms of the power that doesn't always show up, he doesn't always turn on the ball, maybe as much as we want. But uh, I say that, uh, and then as we were trying to get this recording set up, he hit a three, you know he hit a two run homer off the Green Monster for his first major league hit. So maybe everything's going to be just fine. But at the same time, it's certainly something to think about in regards of on is that he don't think of him as a guy that's going to like have a four hundred base percentage or anything like that. But he's going to put the ball in play a ton. He's not going to strike out a lot. Uh, just that in terms of his ability to flat out hit, he puts the ball in play a ton and he finds he finds holes with it. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. I have read this story before when it comes to Von Grissom that he was a teammate of another top prospect. I believe that it was the Tigers' Riley Green. I believe either in high school or on the amateur circuit at some point. But basically, he was the teammate of a highly touted prospect in another major league organization. Wasn't really all that noticed. Braves drafted him, all that different stuff. But one thing that has stood out, you know, he, he's kind of on the offensive side of things, had a rise this year, kind of like we saw with Spencer Strider on the pitching side of things last year. It seems like that there's quick adjustments. Like he can adjust very well on the fly, especially with his approach to the plate. That's very exciting to see stand out in a prospect, especially one that may not have been as highly touted as others coming out of the draft and coming out of high school, what have you. Yeah, you don't generally see prep prospects with his ability to recognize pitches, right? Um, and, you know, we, again, he doesn't always make the, the the decisions that we'd want him to in terms of like, you know, that's a pitch he really should have turned on instead of poking it. But at the same time, with prep prospects, especially guys, he was drafted on day three. He was he was a late round pick, right? <laughs> and when you when you see the the Braves kind of go after a prep prospect on day three, you think there's going to be some upside and you kind of hope that, hey, maybe that turns into something, right? But in his case, he's kind of obviously exceeded all those expectations. And you're and you are right. He was a teammate of Raleigh Green uh, down at Haggerty High School, I believe, down in Florida. Um, and you know he had a lot of eyeballs on him, and we were a little bit surprised, kind of looking back on it. He was pretty highly thought of, and that he actually made it that far to the Braves, and the Braves were actually able to sign him was fairly, fairly significant. I mean, he could play, and he's uh, he like he had a lot of really like good scouts that got to watch him. So it was a little bit surprising that they were actually able to snag him and it worked out great for the Braves, obviously. And it's just one of those things where you get some talent late in the draft and he, he kind of is able to turn it into more than we ever could have thought. Once he got to Augusta last year, we, you know, we saw what he could do. He, he was not necessarily, again, the power was the thing that kind of stood out as being a potential, like thing, something that could hold him back, but, he started really surging towards the time of his uh, during his time at Augusta. He gets a late promotion to Rome and he was like, he was running rough shot through Rome. Uh, obviously gets promoted to Mississippi this year. And the, the rest has been kind of been history. Just every time he gets to a level, you know, the, the questions he needs to answer, he's answered them. 
And that's, a hard, you know, we, we've seen guys do that. It doesn't always happen that quickly, but in his case, he's just, you know, he knows who he is as a player and he knows what he needs to do. He doesn't try to do anything more than that. And once he, he's, once he's kind of settled into that role, he just kind of makes sure that he, you know, Hey, I need to know how these, how these double A pitchers, how these high A pitchers are going to pitch to me. And then what I need to do in those at bats. Um, again, we wish we would, you know, he would be, sometimes look more like an impact bat at times, but like you said at the top of the show, the guy can just flat out hit. And if he wants to, you know, go two for four with a couple singles every game, then I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the adjustment side of things also lends itself, you know, defensively. And, you know, the thing that, you know, we, we talk about, you know, him being able to flat out hit, we talk about him being a bat first player. And I'm going to go with your knowledge overall on his defense. It doesn't seem as if defense is really a true strength of his. He's a middle infielder, especially a shortstop by trade. But is it a situation where, like, the, the defense is, is it, would you consider it a liability? Or is this a player that, you know, hey, you probably could stick him in a few different spots, even have heard potentially left field as time goes on being an option for him? Is the defense, you know, going to be a negative early in his career? Or is it just that you could probably stick him in different spots and be okay with the defense because of how well his bat could potentially play? So this is kind of where it gets a little bit tricky, right? Because I have I'm a, I'm a bit skeptical of Vaughn Grissom, the defender on the left side of the infield, and the reason for that is one we're not he's athletic, but he's not it's not athlete like elite athleticism. So I don't think he's going to be a guy that's super rangy to either side, and he has a strong arm, but I would certainly not call it an accurate arm. And when you're throwing from you know making those long throws, you want to be able to get those throws online. And you don't, that's where kind of some of the skepticism from our end has come in terms of his overall defensive value is that, you know, it's not a question of having the arm strength. It's just uh, very similar to kind of how Ozzy Albies was. I mean, like no one says Ozzy Albies doesn't have a strong arm, but you don't necessarily want to run him out there at shortstop because it's not a particularly accurate arm. And when short Ozzy was playing short early in his career in the minors, you know, you saw him make a lot of throwing errors and a lot of those were just the the throws weren't particularly accurate. Um, now we're talking about the kind of different types of athleticism with, you know, between Ozzy and Vaughn, obviously, but I've long said that I thought that that second base would be a good fit for him. I think he has good hands. He's returned some really nice double plays tonight, obviously, uh, which has certainly, you know, quelled some of the doubters as to whether or not his transition to second base was going to be one that was going to be difficult for him. Um, he's going to have some times, you know, he's just going to do this typical rookie stuff where he just makes mistakes and things like that, but he's looked good to, you know, out there in the field right now. And I think that when he's not having to like really uncork throws to beat runners out and he's at second base and make those shorter throws, I think that's going to be something that's going to be a strength for him. I could see him in left field and, and perform really well out there. We just haven't seen him play out there. And I, I, I'm really hesitant to ever say that a guy is going to be like, a, this is like going to be a seamless transition into the outfield. But if you're going to put a guy like him at, at, out in left field and, you know, he'll probably be reasonably fine out there if they would decide to do that. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't have any problems with that. But I think that for me, I always kind of thought of him either as kind of like a guy that you maybe can play all over. I I wouldn't be upset if he played shortstop once or twice a week. Right. Or, you know, maybe played third once or twice a week and you kind of move them all around. And you see, if you see one of those Braves lineups that eventually transitioned into kind of like, you know, you, you play matchups, you change your lineups frequently, depending on who you're up against and all that other stuff. Like he, I could see him as that utility guy. I could see him as a second baseman long term. I could see him in out in left field long term. Uh, I, when you have a guy like who can just again who can just hit, you'll find a spot for him. Just for me specifically, I've been much more bearish on him as a shortstop long term. And go ahead and I'm, I'm not necessarily signing up to put him at third long term either, just because again I don't I don't necessarily think that his throwing accuracy is going to be. Um, 
profile particularly well over there. So Eric, you talk about how he could potentially play at different positions. We talk about how the bat certainly has a good chance of playing in his time, you know, in this time in the majors, but Ozzy Albies is obviously coming back at some point. And the natural thing to think is, okay, you know, at that point in time, you know, is Von Grissom going to get set back down the minors? Will the season be over? What have you? But the Braves could use offensive potential, offensive upgrades, left field, DH, the bench. My point that I'm getting at is Von Grissom definitely has the potential to perform well enough in this audition to where even when Ozzy Albies comes back, he could still be in the mix to be a part of the Braves lineup or their bench, even going into the postseason. That's the potential I think that he could show in this audition. Would you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. I don't think they make this move with their top prospect this late in the season just to cover some like a couple weeks before Ozzy comes back or, you know, because I mean, it sounds like the early part of September sounds like when Ozzy's going to come back. I don't think they make this move to complete with foreclosing the idea that this could, that Vaughn could just be up for good, especially with the, I mean, Eddie Rosario, he's had, he's gotten better of late somewhat. Uh, Marcelo Zuna hit a three run homer tonight, but that's pretty much the only thing good he's done in the last month. Um, so I'm not, I I'm with you. I think that if, you know, if Vaughn, can prove himself that he's you know is not overmatched and can actually be a, a, a important part offensively for this club you could see him slotting into one of those spots now that's kind of gets into some weird roster considerations you know i think that they like having eddie around because he's that left-handed bat and they want to kind of at least have him in there from time to time but you know again is robbie grossman really going to stop von gressen from getting from getting at bats i don't think so um I, in terms of that right side platoon you know maybe you give ozzy some time off here and there uh, maybe you give Ozuna days off here and there. I, I am a little bit skeptical that they would just simply cut bait with Ozuna this late in the season. But at some point, you have to get production from your DH position. You have to get production from left field. And you have a guy who can hit if he presumably, assuming he continues to prove himself. And that's kind of an important part of this is that he's going to have the opportunity here to actually produce and be a part of this offense. And if he proves himself to be the best option, I think the Braves are serious about wanting to make another run at another title. I think that they want to have their best club on the field. They showed that, and the Braves have shown that they're willing to do this. One, by calling Von Grissom up at all is, you know, is already pretty remarkable. But two, we've seen them like in terms of like their outfield. I mean, they called up, they didn't call up Christian Pache all year long, and they just added him to the postseason roster back in 2020 because they thought he was his best, their best option. And to have that guy around, you know, again, that, that didn't necessarily work out. But I guess my point is, is that I, I don't think the Braves are afraid to be bold. And I don't think that they're afraid to make those choices. Uh, there are certainly some monetary considerations and things like that will go into, you know, what do you do with Ozuna and things like that? Uh, what do you do with Eddie Rosario? What do you do with Robbie Grossman? Things like that. But I, I don't think that the, just because Ozzy Albies comes back and obviously he, you know, I just I hate to break news to anybody, but Von Grissom's not going to steal Ozzy Albie's job. It's just not going to happen. But at the same time, I think that if he hits really well, he, I could see him being part of this roster. Uh, absolutely. But the other thing that I'll say is this, and you know, we don't have to get into this too much. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You mentioned Von Grissom's impact. You know, what could it mean for you know um, Marcelo Zuna? What could it mean for um, uh, Eddie Rosario, Robbie Grossman now? But of course, others are going to look at okay. Von Grissom is a shortstop by trade. He's up now. He has the chance to make an audition. And if he makes an impact, our shortstop, as good as he's been this year, Dansby Swanson, is a free agent after this year. I do want to make sure, though, that it, it, it makes sense that 
just because Von Grissom may be successful, I don't necessarily think a great audition or a great into the season in the majors from Von Grissom, I don't really think that it's going to play into the long-term decision-making when it comes to Dansby Swanson in the offseason or potentially going to prevent the Braves from going to get a significant talent. In other words, what I'm getting at is, is that a successful audition for Von Grissom, even if that extends past when Ozzie Albies comes back, I don't think that necessarily has maybe as big of an impact on what the Braves do at the future of their shortstop position than some may think. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I I do think it helps their bargaining position in a lot of ways. They're like, look, we don't ha- we're not desperate, you know. Like in terms of like Dan, you know, if they're having com- conversation with Dansby, uh, with the other members, of what is a pretty loaded shortstop class right now? Um, you know, I do think that they're not they're not going to just. I don't think they're just going to hand the reins off to Von Grissom per se, but they're also not going to get you know railroaded by in any of those negotiations either because they have him as a potential option. So I will say that I don't think that let's say Von Grissom hits like 350 and, you know, looks great out there in the field and second base the entire time he's out there. I don't think that they're going to, the bridge can be like, you know what, we're just going to let Dansby walk. We're not going to worry about any of these great shortstops are in the shortstop class. And we're just going to, you know, let just let Vaughn have the keys to the castle. I don't see that happening. Uh, mainly because I'm, again, I'm pretty skeptical of Vaughn's Grissom, you know, of Vaughn's, defense at shortstop and i think that there's a real reason to maybe pursue some other options there but overall i think that his presence kind of is a very like let's it's entirely possible that the braves agree with me and the braves think well he might not be the answer at shortstop but it's also entirely possible that all the options that they want for shortstop next year dance could just walk anyway trey turner could sign elsewhere carlos correa could sign elsewhere you know xander bogart signs elsewhere and in that scenario, you can do a lot worse than having a top 100 prospect, a guy who can just hit, playing shortstop, even if he's not the most exciting defensive option, at least in, to me. And if that's the case, again, that gives them some leverage and some negotiations where they're not going to get, you know, you know, ran off the table by some crazy numbers. And during his time as the Braves GM, Alex Anthopoulos has never seemed to have a problem with having too many young, talented, and productive players to to decipher from when it comes to roster decisions. Eric, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much as we've been recording this. Yes, we're recording this during the game. But the thing is, is that the Braves are performing well on offense. Vaughn Grissom has had a great night. Eric, it has been a pleasure to talk with you again. I don't really know what it may be, but I hope again that we talk with you soon because, again, that means something else exciting has happened for the Braves. Yeah, either that or something really bad. But let's just hope let's, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go with uh, something really good and exciting happening. So hopefully we can talk again soon. Positive vibes only. His name is Eric Cole. You can find him at Leprechaun on Twitter. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC as well. Find all the great podcast con- content from the Battery Power Podcast Network at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta with Eric Garrett and others, the Daily Hammer with myself, and the new podcast with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, free on all podcast platforms. For Eric Cole, my name's Sean Coleman. Hope you have a great night. Great to see Von Grissom up and producing. Hope it will continue. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on The Daily Hammer. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. 
So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.